Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is X-Men the Animated Series showrunner Eric Leewald. And series writer Julia Leewald. Here, here to, to discuss, discuss our, our new book about the art and making of the show. You are listening to The Marvelists. With Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our returning special guests, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, thar, social medias. Tell them at home, tell them on the road, work, whatever. On a boat, on a goat, tell a moat. Go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like ski on there. Go on Twitter at The Marvelists. Go on Instagram at The Marvelists. Go on The Marvelists at What he said. Oh. Also, you can find us individually on a kind of wide variety of social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. God knows why I'm on TikTok at Peter Melnick, but better. And you can also find Mr. E. Wilson on one social media platform. It's the only one. The greatness that is Eddie Wilson can only be contained on one social media platform. Yeah, kind of wide, too. I mean, I put some weight on as well, but geez. Sir, I mean, you know... It's on Instagram at Eddie9193. You can also find the show on a wide variety of streaming platforms TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., etc. Have RSS feed will travel. You can also find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, and sunny and share. <laughs> I got you, babe. Uh, anyway, iTunes where you can five star if you're ever so inclined, and ice cream machines, McDonald's, etc. Bad four star. No, no, no. <laughs> no sprinkles. No, that's a crime. I I agree. Now, are you going with the rainbow sprinkles or the chocolate sprinkles? Yeah, at this point, it doesn't matter. It depends on the flavor, though, because you don't want to get, you know, chocolate sprinkles on a sherbet or sherbet. Well, some do. That, that's a, the early stages of chocoholism. That's a terrible idea. Thank you. But you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the marvelous. Help support the show for as little as $3 a month to as high as $8. I know we're going really high with that one. But for $3 a month, you get early access to our show a day before it drops on the main RSS feed. What a bargain, right? Mm -hmm. You can also get for $5 a month everything from the previous tier as well as the newsletter on the $3 tier. I forgot to mention that. Oh, silly me. Mm -hmm. You silly goose. It's a new thing for us, so yeah. Well, yeah, but also I just, you know, I should be better prepared for this, Eddie. Eddie. Well, I'm not disagreeing, <laughs> am I? <laughs> anyway, anyway, for $5 a month, you get everything from the previous tier, as well as the ability to listen to our brand new Patreon-exclusive show, Fantastic Voyage. No, we're not going to go into a submarine. What we're going to be doing is a deep dive on 102 issues, plus annuals, of the legendary Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's iconic great American novel of comic book literature, the Fantastic Four. And it has been referred to as the Great American Novel, believe it or not. It has? Yeah. It's con it is considered that because of everything they did, the impact of, you know, the characters, 
and the overall story threads, etc. But anyway, anyway. See, in school, I thought it was John Steinbeck or something. Well, I mean, it can be anything. Okay. Eh? But I digress. In addition, for $8 a month, you get to do an episode on this here fine program where you're able to pick the topic. And if we think you don't suck, you can be like Jeremy Bagley and guest co-host that episode or an episode of your choosing. And you don't have to be jacked up either. Exactly. Jeremy is pretty jacked up. He's a big man. He's Jeremy'd up. Well, he is. That is true. Now, Eddie. Let's go. After that long, rambling, winding road of an introduction. We'll take a short break and come back with, no. (laughs) (laughs) We want to introduce our very special guest on the other end of the tin cannon string over on the best coast, California, yay. Eric and Julia Leewald, the authors of a previously mentioned book on this program, previously on X-Men, and the brand new book from Marvel and Abrams Books, X-Men, the art and making of the animated series. Good evening. Welcome. <laughs> Good e- it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It sure does. I almost ran out of breath with that whole intro just now. <laughs> no, it's just X-Men, the art and making of the animated series. It's, yeah, it's long with it. It's thorough. It is, but you know what? The size of the book comp- you know, definitely uh, allows for all the wording. And, and wow, what a big size book this is. Four pounds. For, and weight, too. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Considering that it's art, you need it to be bigger than the traditional coffee table book, let's say, perhaps, and to do it justice. And it really does. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We are very proud and pleased with the way it turned out. And with this book, there's, you know, this is not your for- first foray in the realm of literature. This is the second book in regards to X-Men, the animated series that you guys have done. And... With this, you know, a listener question. We got about 45 of them from at Dico on Twitter. Here's the first question. Previously on X-Men embodies tales behind the scenes in the creation of the series and the new book. The art and making of the animated series kicks it up about 400 notches. How was the production (laughs) of this particular book for you, or how long did the production of the book take? About a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, a year and a half, I'm going to say. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. part of it was, we are, Eric and I, we no pretend that we are artists. We're not. We that completely out of our purview. We write, and it mostly is an animated animation, but the art is magic to us. It's still something other people do and do well. So to make this new book, we had to go excavating. It was a scavenger hunt. And a couple of years have passed since yeah. X-Men the Animated Series was on TV. Yeah. And we really had to go out and do some digging. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. This beautiful stuff that, that we all treasure now, people used to just throw away. It's like yeah. Golden Age and Silver Age comic book art. 99.9% of that they just tossed in a trash can. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's a similar fate for, uh, say, cells from a show like X-Men. And, you know, with a lot of the the art that was found for this book, what was the one piece of artwork that you all found that you were surprised had survived this entire time? Oh, uh, the, the oh, uh, what, Triple Cell CR spaceship was, was, was a great one. You know, I'm going to try and flip through the book right now. Oh, here we go. If you happen to have a copy. Go ahead. I'm there. <laughs> it's page 160, 161. It, it's 
fact that that existed still, and we were able to take an image of that and, and have it in the book, because it's so fragile. There's multiple layers there of that. It, it was cracking. It was You could see the tape, but that's still in its huge. Yeah, people don't realize it. Nowadays, it's all computerized, but yeah. they used to have to draw 20,000, 30,000 hand-drawn uh, bits of art to, to just animate one episode. And and they're beautiful, just individually. Yes, that's another thing, to see them all these years later and go, that's really a pretty piece of art. And with a lot of the uh, cell work, you know, I've been wanting to uh, get into collecting some of this stuff, because you can find it on eBay, and there's, you know, random cells. And yes, I openly admit it, Diana, I did copy you for, you know, wanting to acquire the cells, because they're really cool looking. But it's... You know, there's just something about that style of uh, animation, and it's, it's. I hate saying it, but it is a lost art form that you know shouldn't be a lost art form. It's still amazing stuff that, to this day, no pun intended, you marvel at. Uh, I I think it also speaks to um, the quality of the original art. That by the time it came back, and by the time it got on TV, you know, you you can look at those episodes and go, boy, that's, that's not as good looking as I hoped it might have been. Mm-hmm. But you can go back and reference the original art and say, my God, this really was beautiful. With respect to the type of medium that was used to, to make the cell, I just saw that it said painted three panel, uh, you know, and, and in the book, two pages, it spread across and done, done very well. Was it maybe the artist's choice to say, I'm going to use watercolor, I'm going to use a, a pencil type of a color to, you know, do that? Or was there something that they traditionally would use in that time period? We'll have to ask Larry for more uh, information on that. But uh, but I know that at the at the early stages, the artists had their own freedom to kind of use whatever tools were comfortable for them to draw. But as far as what the standard materials were, that's yeah, the a good type of paint. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the type of paint for the cells... And, and you'll notice on some of them, they're kind of soft without detailing. Yep. And it was, it was fascinating seeing uh, one image that was maybe made out of three or four layers. And one layer would be the color, and the next layer would be the, the, the detailed uh, pencil penned outline of the, same, of the same image. And you lay them over. And that's one of the fun things in the book where I have uh, examples of, say, four or five uh, different drawings that were laid over each other in these transparent uh, plastic cells that, to make one image that just looks looks normal to us now, but it, it was made out of all those components. And if um, you're missing one, it wouldn't look right. For those who have a book in front of them, I say pages 88 and 89. Another one. And page 87 <laughs> specifically show the, um, the beautiful background watercolor paint then the secondary acetate uh, outline that would go over it and the way those would blend to form a, a really detailed pop-pop kind of background. You have no idea how giddy Eddie is to be able to grab the book for reference right now. It's very cool. Come on. <laughs> you know what? It, 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 it's easier to deal with. I mean, it's a big four-pound heavy workout kind of thing as I'm you know, manipulating a microphone and making sure that's all in place. And you're um, making pancakes, too. But it also... <laughs> Yes, I prefer the banana and the chocolate chip. What I think of, too, is in the first uh, Iron Man movie and the, the many, you know, sheet, kind of transparent sheets to make up the first 
armor that he built, and you keep layering on top, and that's what I immediately thought of when we were talking about this. Now, where was a lot of this original artwork stored? <laughs> uh, um, the, the, a couple of the artists had uh, very anally kept every model design, you know, the black and white model designs that are, we have from every episode in the book. Every, you know, every char- guest character that's in the show, there had to be a model for the animators to animate. Uh, the, the artists, a top two of the artists, um, Dan Wiesenmeyer and Ju- Julia um, Mark Lewis and Mark Lewis yeah. you know, were really sticklers about keeping every single thing they drew. And Thank so, goodness for us now because yeah. we had it for us to use in this book. But the color stuff was just, uh, some of it was stuff that had gotten thrown away and, and somebody grabbed two or three boxes and put them in their basement for 25 years yeah. or the best, some of the best ones were from a, a gallery, Van Eaton Gallery in Southern California, where they they collected them over the years. And and what they did was they go to places where they hear uh, a company is going to throw away thousands of pounds of old materials from a show because they're tired of paying storage fees for it, and they'll buy up by the box by the pound. And sometimes they find great stuff, and sometimes they don't. It's, it's like storage wars or whatever. But speaking of storage wars, uh, Larry Houston, uh, director artist on the on X Men, uh, bless him. He when we were first approached about doing this kind of book, this art book, he's the first person we called, and he has multiple storage units near his home. That again, that was like Indiana Jones going in there and excavating and finding things like. Uh, like the original uh, passes on some of the characters, old storyboards, old art. It, it, it think he had it thanks to him. Yeah, old prop lists, old character lists, uh, mm-hmm. uh, production materials that no, normally you wouldn't hold on to. But Larry's a bit of a pack rat. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And he can keep up with those storage fees, I guess, too. So double, <laughs> double good. Whammy there. <laughs> double good. Yeah. Well, it could have been double mint gum, but we wouldn't have to go there. Another unparticipating sponsor here. And, you know, in regards to treasures like that, this question also comes from Daiko. You're known for sharing treasures from the old days via social media, everything from kids' meals to memorabilia from many people's childhoods, including our own. What are some of your favorite items that ever got produced? Do you still have many of the collectibles from that era? And also, by the way, before you answer, if anyone's curious, the Pogs themselves go for $5 and the comics upwards of 5 to 10 apiece. Shirts now, you know, they were once $8, now 35 to 50 and even rated vintage to the point where they're over $300 for a T-shirt, Eddie. Ouch. Whoa. <laughs> well, we, we, have, we have a big box from Pizza Hut. Lots yeah. of the lots of the cups, lots of the placemats, uh, top covers. Uh, yeah. For the folks we're talking to right now, when X Men came out, one of the the big promotional pushes happened to be in '93 was Pizza Hut and X Men, and you can go on YouTube and see the great old commercials for that. Mm-hmm. We at the time went to Pizza Hut a lot, and we got the plastic cups, the plastic lids, the placemats, the the clean pizza boxes. And we just put everything in a box over the garage. 
then when the book opportunity came, it's like, wait a second. And that's also where so many folks got their very first taste, the VHS tape of the Creator's Choice X-Men 1 and 2. So Pizza Hut uh, holds a big place in our hearts. Also, uh, Stuffed Crust Pizza, they were able to get that as well. Uh, <laughs> not with your personal pan, but <laughs> you could still get it. And like one of the things was, you know, for a lot of you know people my age especially, that video, those two videotapes, the little uh, black and red videotapes that they yeah. gave out at Pizza Hut, that's a staple of my childhood. Yeah. You're not the first to say that, and I really appreciate that. Um, th- there is a certain irony in those of us who worked on the show that it, Creator's Choice, and there's a, a fun round table, and it includes Stanley. That was all done in New York at Marvel, and no one there was involved in the production of the show in Los Angeles. Well, not here, yeah, and it was, yeah, and it was before before we finished the, sh- uh, the first se- season. So, uh, yeah, there was very, uh, they recorded it before the show was done. Yeah. I know with like a lot of the the Marvel books at the time, you know, was there ever like a mandate for the writers of the comics? You know, hey, could you maybe like uh, mimic a little bit of what's going on in the animated series? Like, you know, Morph never really became a character until Age of Apocalypse, and that really wasn't Morph, you know? Yeah. If that happened, that was happening in New York with those writers and not here in in, uh, Los Angeles with with our our crew. It was really very much New York. Marvel had the comic books, and Marvel here in Los Angeles was doing the animated series, and the twain did not meet very often. Yeah, Bob Harris obviously had a hand in both, but uh, he very much let, you know, we, we did our own stuff, and he'd tell us what, what he felt about it, but, uh, you know, so he was the only real connection between the two worlds. Let's uh, throw another uh, Daiko question up on the Barbie. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if presented with the opportunity, would you bring back original cast members and crew? And also, just, you know, uh, an aside, a big shout-out to uh, the recently departed and late great uh, Norm Spencer. Norm Spencer. Oh, Norm Spencer. You know, these are the voices you hear in your head. You know, I, who wouldn't love the the billion-dollar film franchise. But I'm the kind of person who says you wouldn't have the billion-dollar film franchise if you hadn't had earlier success with something like X-Men, the animated series. And those are the voices that I hear in my head. And, you know, we'd love to do more and more episodes someday, and the cast all would love to. The, 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 The remaining cast, the remaining artists and writers be up for it in a, in a second, but it's kind we'll of put that, it's kind, we'll put that out in the ether. Yeah, put that out in the ether. But it's very much, you know, new generations at Marvel, and if they ever call, we're here. If if you know if they do their own series, you know, it'll be something new and special. I'm going to come at this question sort of as a, a what if, Eric and Julia. We have a release date of October 13th. Was it supposed to be? previously to, to that, but because of all the, you know, times that we're going through, was it supposed to have come out earlier, and was there a, a tour? You are going to do some signing, maybe, different shows and events? Oh, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it pains me to say it to begin with, but these questions yeah. have to be asked. Yeah, it's a no. pandemic. 
the kind of mess things up. We, we were looking forward to uh, it premiering at the at New York Comic Con, which is yeah. mid-October. But, and the original date was actually October 20th. They, they moved it forward a week mm. which uh, to release it, which is a means it gets it out there faster and out there so more people can find it. But, yeah, we, we, had, we had big hopes of attending various cons and fests, you know, promoting the book, and then when the book comes out, and that didn't happen. And I always continue to bring this up, but uh, we were supposed to do East Coast Comic Con in Secaucus, New Jersey, and I was supposed to host a panel with almost the entire cast of X-Men, the animated series. Guess yeah. what didn't happen this year? <sighs> Oh. Yeah, no, well, but, but it, no, there's, there's, there are more years to come, and uh, we'll get past this thing, and uh, the book and and the cast and us will still be there. So absolutely, so keep, keep keep booking us. There Absol- you go. Good, good. So we know that you'll be on the uh, the book signing contour. Contour? Wait, that's a group. As soon as, we, <laughs> like as, soon as, as soon as we can, we're we're doing some virtual. I was a just going to ask for it with mm. with a bookstore and with uh, with uh, the Van Eaton Galleries. They're having a an auction of, of I think primarily X Men sales, and we're going to help them with that. And they're going to sell the book while you know along with the sales. We believe that's going to be happening in December, just in time for your holiday shopping. There you go. And you know you you mentioned once again the uh, animation sales. As I've been, you know, going through wanting to look for the cells to purchase on eBay, I see one character that keeps popping up over and over and over, and I kind of want to get a cell of the character because the, po- the Impossible Man. That's yeah, who. Yes, Eddie. It's the character you know that I associate the most with X Men: The Animated Series, Jubilee. And for both of you guys, who is the character that you think of? You know, is synonymous with the show for yourself. Ooh. You know, as a writer, it's kind of like, who's your favorite character to write for, which is a little different, and that's, that's Beast. But that's also a little different from who do I just immediately associate with, with the show. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of tough. I think Wolverine is in everybody's foreground, and it was, it was an odd challenge. He's such a colorful uh, guy to write. We had to kind of hold back and not make all the episodes about him. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's obviously front and center. But you're right about Jubilee. She would just come out in the, in the comics, and, uh, and we gave her uh, a real platform there at the beginning where you saw, saw the first story through her eyes. So I can see how if people like her character, they, like, they, they have a soft spot for our series. Yeah, you know, like, for example, I have a friend, uh, she goes by the stage name Cosplay Flower for, you know, uh, cosplaying, obviously. <laughs> and, you know, she, the that day I met her, she was doing a Jubilee, Jubilee cosplay. Yeah. And she, you know, one of the best Jubilee cosplayers, I got to, you know, say out there. And also, again, I guarantee her introduction to that character was through the animated series. Because, like, everything down to the costume, she even had, like, the uh, earrings right down to the exact same, like, you know, indentations and everything. I'm like, that is friggin' cool. Well, you know, there there are people who really embrace this, and, and, and I appreciate that as a fan of things myself. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, we see a lot of Jubilees at uh, Comic-Cons. I think it's a very popular cosplay choice. And getting, I think, to be more recognizable, 
by people? You know, it's like you can kind of tell the folks who came to the show, I came to the X-Men through the animated series, and then, you know, X-Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X-Men and then the movies. You can kind of tell specifically in how they cosplay. <laughs> and Jubilee and Gambit mm-hmm. are very specific to, to our series. If you see them, you know. When it came down to uh, laying out, excuse me, doing the layout as to how you would execute the correct order that you wanted to have the book present itself, was it just the two of you, I guess, primarily, and then maybe you had others with their input? How many in that process? Well, uh, we, we had a very creative editor, uh, Eric Kloppler, and he had a light... Eddie from Abrams Yeah, who was with us from the beginning. And um, he, I can't, the name escapes me, but he was working closely, was it was it Leah? Looking closely with a guy that, that actually physically laid out the, the book. And he, he again, a, a big fan that was uh, very opinion, you know, very strong opinions about how each page should look. In the first book, it was so simple, we, you know, we just laid it out ourselves. But this one was seriously, seriously set up. And speaking Liam about... Liam Flanagan, want to give him props. There's the last name. The designer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, speaking of appearance of the book, this question also comes from Daiko. Let's discuss the cover of the book. How did the composition come about? Did you have any specific idea of what the cover of the book would look like? Uh, we just, it, it, all, we, all our input was that it would be a team shot and, that it, and then the uh, villains on the back. And Larry Houston and Rick Hobart, uh, did uh, two of the three people that, that were were the primary uh, designers of the show uh, actually did that work original work from scratch? It was it was it was they 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 created it for the book specifically for the book for specifically. The book. It, Which shows you something about how 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 fondly those of us who worked on the show uh, remember it that this kind of opportunity comes up and rather than like nah no I'm not interested those guys jumped on this and came up with these beautiful designs beautiful covers. And then the third, third main guy, Will Minio, uh, did a, t- a team shot for, for the middle of the book. So we got all three. I wanted to get Will for the program, but he said everyone has, you know, uh, s- spoken their piece about this. But you know, I would have loved to have spoken with him as well because, like, I was looking through the book and seeing the illustrations that he did, and you know, Chef Kiss, mwah, just gorgeous page stuff. Page two sixty four, page two sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I absolutely love that you know the pages so well offhand now. <laughs> Not so much that I'm sitting here with a book in my lap. So it helps. She's you, cheating a little. You wouldn't happen to know offhand what page the uh, Toy Biz uh, pages are, would you? Towards, towards the, the end. Back. And let's see here. Da, 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 da. So I just made it to 264, 265. No, okay, very good. <laughs> okay, we got. How about uh, 273? I'm trying not to hurt yeah, the spine of this book. Or my own spine, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, the fact that these... You don't, you don't call them toys. They're, they're sculptures. These pieces yeah. of art that are being produced these days based on these characters is, is amazing. 
Have you ever yeah. seen, if uh, looking up uh, Hot Toys, they do some of the most absolutely insane looking figures I've ever seen. They're like about, I think, 12 inches high usually, and mm-hmm. they're lifelike. They uh, they did like a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool one. They did one of uh, Chris Pratt's Star-Lord of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and they look like them, and it's borderline freaky, but <laughs> <laughs> it... I would like to see more stuff like that, at least with X-Men the Animated Series. You know, there would be really cool-looking things. But on the flip side right now, I think it's Gentle Giant that's doing them. And I want to say the person in charge of the sculpting is uh, Paul Harding, who, if you're on Twitter, you know, he's responsible for the uh, Marvel in the 70s uh, 3D modeling that he's been doing. But right now, he's involved with the... Uh, X-Men the animated series busts that are coming out and they even they just released one of uh, Deadpool and that's going to be coming out I think this year or next and just absolutely gorgeous stuff and to be able to see stuff like that as well like you know busts of the characters what is it like seeing that now? Well it's it's a bit different than going to good old KB toys and (laughs) seeing if something was hanging on the back (laughs) yeah I mean look at look at the sideshow stuff those those guys do stunning, you know, handmade things that from your characters, you just you just takes your breath away. I uh, before before you say anything, Eddie, I, I have to also mention I saw the Wolverine Mobile recently. Uh, the it was a KB Toys exclusive at a thrift shop, and I don't think it's very good for covert operations for Wolverine because I think they're going to know who's showing up because his name is emblazoned on the side. It's his face on the front. Oops. Not very yeah. sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, good kid that stuff. That was a challenge. Well, getting that. Well, yeah. two two points to the toy biz stuff that you said. And I'm still holding on page 272, but uh, kudos for giving most of that page. Well, uh, there's five characters on here, but uh, the one who gets the uh, larger picture representation is Morph. So uh, so showing love for Morph on that. And then the other four, which I'm not spoiling, was our uh, Cyclops Beast. Uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth. But what I was thinking of when you mentioned KB, Julia, was, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you personally have or have run into one or any of these that have the KB price sticker on them, does that make him any more valuable? Sentimentally. (laughs) I can't. I have a Wolverine telephone in the box with the KB sticker price on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't know if that makes it more valuable or not, but it makes it more dear to me. That, that, it's funny that you mentioned about the price stickers, though, because I recently came across a Batman '89 Toy Biz figure, and it's got you know, Ooh. no one will know except for you know Eddie and myself. But it had a Lloyd's price tag on it, Eddie. I was local oh. to here, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, I'm getting this. <laughs> Sold by the sticker. It all it not only tells you what price it is; it hypnotizes you into the purchase. It just wasn't the price that it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we drift into anything else, the inside uh, front and back covers, which uh-huh. are which are a background black, but it does a lot of a lot of square cells on both sides, and it looks like that uh, the inside is not the same as the uh, sorry the inside front is different than the inside back. So that's yeah. that's a cool thing in and of itself because a lot of times when you do this, they're duplicated. Uh, but putting that together, I don't know, you know, it's like, okay, what are what images are we going to choose to do and have some of them with the character's name in them? Well, this is a lot of love right here because this, the, the, the front 
two pages and the back two pages, and I don't know the proper term for that, but these are from the storyboard for the iconic opening to X-Men the Animated Series. I see that now that you say that, of course. I was just kind of like, okay, 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 It's because it's all, if I'm not mistaken, kind of uh, of a gold coloring on all these pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that was all uh, That was all Abrams designers picking this stuff up, uh, using what what we sent them in creative ways. Now, in addition, one of the other things that's been going on with X-Men, the animated series, is it's a big hit on Disney+. Plus. And I believe the last time we talked, this was a few months before the launch of Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. And, you know, there were rumblings, are they going to bring it to Disney+, Plus? are they going to, you know, put the episodes on there? And then when the response on Twitter came about, Disney Plus was doing every minute what's coming to Disney Plus to, uh, you know, day one. And they announced X-Men the Animated Series. Uh-huh. And it was one of the biggest tweets that day from the Disney Plus account. And I actually got locked out of Disney for 20, out of Twitter for 24 hours because I was retweeting everyone's excitement about that and they thought I was a bot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny too because the next day, but yeah. And it's funny too because a few months later, you know, after the the platform launched, Disney Plus has a lot of avatars, and not just those you know blue people from that boring movie, but also those <laughs> those uh, those little icons for you know your profile. Aren't Smurfs adorable though? They are. Okay. <laughs> but one of the questions that also comes from Daiko is. The core team from X-Men 92 are officially Disney Plus avatars. Who do you have for yours? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old curmudgeon. I haven't done that yet. We have not picked our avatars. Well, that's because we have to choose. We don't want to have to choose, you know. At least <laughs> from our, we shouldn't from our children. <laughs> Eddie can see on um, our joint account, I'm Cyclops. And Eddie, who are you again? Oh yeah. Who, oh no, sorry. I'm. I'm just. I, who are you? Who are? Where am I? <laughs> who are you? Where are we? What day is it? It's about right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eddie's Iron Man, but that's not an X Man. Oh. I didn't. I. I set it up for that. Yeah. I yeah. have to go now. I have to check it out because I was but unaware. We, I mean, we admit to have done a, done uh, four of the Iron Man in the '90s episodes uh, as, as writers. Really? So, wow. We have, yeah, yeah. Still part of the family, then. And the guy that, that produced those was that that not Tadaranowitz? John Tadaranowitz. He produced those was one of the guys that had some of the X Men cells in his uh, garage. So oh, it all okay. comes around. All right, so we're looking at 288 pages, hardcover, good, great stock paper quality, 300 color illustrations. I thought you were going to say good gravy. Where, good grief, Charlie Brown. Where, where has this all been released to? Specific bookstores or department stores or all of the above? Do you know? Who says I wish department it stores? Year 2020. I wish we we would just be out there, you know, meeting with people and smiling and shaking hands and things. But yeah, bookstores, comic bookstores. Yeah. Uh, Amazon, support your local bookstores. Yeah, uh, or the uh, Walmart online has it. I believe uh, Target does. Uh, Barnes and Noble's offering it. Uh, Amazon may be the easiest way, but again, we encourage you to consider you can, uh, shopping local. You can buy it. Th- buy it through the uh, publisher. Publisher and Direct. Abram, and even Sideshow uh, Collectibles is offering it through their uh, website. I'm still in disbelief that Eddie used the phrase department stores in 2020. 
<laughs> is it available at Bamberger's, Eddie? Hey, Gimbel's, you know, EJ, EJ Corvettes. You know, come on, let's really go back. Ames and James Way. That's exactly right. Why not? And we had one called Sullivan's by us in our neck of the uh, upstate New York woods. Mm. And they are. Now let's see what other questions we have from Diana. Well, and I'll say in the shameless plug department, I think you should make a very nice holiday gift if you have someone in your life who was a 90s kid or an X-Men fan or yourself. Honestly, it is the definition of a treat yourself gift. Yes. And it is, <laughs> it is so friggin' cool. Like I said... The minute it arrived, I was ecstatic. And I'm not just saying that oh. because it you know, kind of sounds like it starts with an X. But there's just, <laughs> some, there's just something about the book that I loved previously on X-Men. Whatever is past love is what I felt for this book. You know, there's just there's something really special about what the book is. And again, it's euphoric for me because it's a blast from the past in so many ways. And it also still has a modern sensibility to it in terms of, you know, how it looks. I love that about it. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the book, uh, since you may have a copy there, on page 16. Eddie, grab the other book. Beginning. <laughs> He's currently, he is currently flipping through Previously. Are on. you telling me page 16 now on Previously? <laughs> no, no, page 16 on X-Men The Art. See, I yeah. knew she was saying the current book. What are we going back to 2017 uh, for here? Yeah, <sighs> I was just trying to make a comparison, but I will. Don't worry. It's it's, it's one, one is lighter than the other. It's inevitable. This, is, this is photocop. This is the art that Eric received from Larry Houston, and we had it in a yellow binder. And this was what this was early material that Eric and the rest of us had to learn about the X Men from. That was my Google, my my that Wikipedia. And what I love is there's you, Professor X, and Larry had to draw an X for him saying, no, he can't walk. He's in a floating wheelchair now. Yes, I see that. That's the level of communication we had going on. <laughs> yeah. Which, oh, 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 okay, so he's in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. There, well, and a hand note there on the side. It's looking like, first of all, I'm recognizing the art of John Byrne on these you know, images. But yeah. also, mm -hmm. but also the, the way it's typed and scripted, it, so to speak, uh, the lettering. It reminds me of uh, the, if it's not, it's very close. The official handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's what it was, 1988. Yep, yep. Okay. Larry had one, and he photocopied his and sent pages to Eric. Yeah, yeah so so that I could I could uh, learn very quickly everything that they knew. And one of the things about this book, both of them, there is a uh, promotional image that's included in both. And I get a kick out of it every time I see it. When you guys got Neil Adams, the legendary Neil Adams, oh. to be able to do a pen, Eddie, it's on that version, it's on the back cover. I'm still going to go back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a very cool-looking illustration. And, you know, it's, of course, it's not the complete team, you know, because at that right. time right. it was still in, like, negotiations or, you know, whatever word I'm trying to use. I'm Phase. Trying, eh, that, yeah. Well, no, that, that would be a... Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know the story about the Neil Adams contribution to that beautiful uh, early PR uh, painting. Uh, Will Minio was supposed to do that, but he was so busy designing the rest of the show and doing Conan, uh, not the Conqueror, but the Conqueror, the other Conan. He was doing a Conan show for the same company. He was doing two shows at once and didn't have the time. So asked Marvel if they had somebody that could do the PR uh, uh, drawing. 
and so Neil Adams grabbed it. That's that's why we got him. And what you know, again, it's not the complete original lineup, but one of the things about it, and this is a question that comes from Daiko, many may not know that the original or that the featured team roster wasn't the original lineup. Can you elaborate to our friends at home what the original X team may have looked like? Sure. Although it was just a quick, a quick decision the first day. <laughs> what everybody said, okay, who needs to be in the team? And they picked like six of the nine or ten we used, uh, and and we added Thunderbird as someone to kill, and that got changed to morph. But but of the original team, it was uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, uh, Storm, Gambit, Jubilee, and Rogue, and Gene and the Professor and Beast were kind of afterthoughts. They said you can use them or not use them if you want to, hmm. and we got to, into writing the stories, and we just felt we needed them for almost every story. So by the end of the writing before the any episode showed that became the full team but on, on day one those three weren't included now can i go back to the because to the to the previously book because you <laughs> when you first saw this one when i saw for first saw this one and i don't know if it had been done with any other animated series well, but before you do look at the back cover that's got the neil adams illustration eddie yeah there we go yeah. yes absolutely and a very happily smiling and bearded eric on the yeah. bottom left corner. But when you get this first book previously on X-Men, and again, if nothing like this had come out before its time, you're like, wow, this is how it was done. Look, I mean, are okay. Are you doing an Owen Wilson impression? All wow. the pictures are in black and white, but still, you know. You, oh, you're, well, doing this my, is, you're doing my nerd voice. That's this gimmick is almost infringement. Like, you guys, it's, it's behind the scenes stuff, and I got it, and I got it now, and I'm going to read all uh. of it. All right, so so you had that, but then, yeah, you know, definitely take it up to the next level when this new one comes out, and now you got the pictures to go with it, all the beautiful colors, and and all, all you know, like I said, 300 illustrations and pictures and so on. So it's definitely, you know, just the hardest part might be putting it in a protective bag or putting it someplace on the bookshelf that can, you know, it can be uh, safely stored. I would give my right leg to film an infomercial for this book with Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> because he really got into it. Please go right ahead. <laughs> I think and it's going to happen. Eric, Julia, Eric, in case you didn't know, my primary thing is radio, so we do commercials, <laughs> so you want to try to sell stuff. This I'll, is it. It's like you're going to uh -huh. do a dance. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, I'm loving it. see? Uh, well, there's the your... challenges for, for us and then for, for Eric with what became previously on X-Men was it, it was just kind of the two of us. You know, there's... Um, saying X-Men deserves to be celebrated, Let's, and we have materials, let's try and celebrate the show. But we had to do the first book uh, with certain uh, constraints, including that it was just the two of us putting the book together and Eric writing it. Now that we were given this opportunity by Marvel, it's like, oh my God, it's, it's like, like you said, going from black and white the Technicolor, and um, able to include everything we hadn't been able to before. Yeah, yeah, it was, just, it, was, it was a right thing that all these incredible visuals that are in the new book just were not available to us uh, at any price. And at the same time, it allowed us to put 
all the details and interview all the people. So there's like seven times as much detail in that book as far as the text goes. But it, this is what the, the new book is what we felt was missing from the first book. Is it, it had all the personal de- details, but not all of the images. Now it's got all the images. Or at least as much as could be found and, and you know, used for this. And that's, that's absolutely great. I thought from the beginning, though, when, you know, you said so many things were just lost, discarded or whatever. And I, I assume that the mentality was or the thought process was, well, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not like it's valueless that what the what somebody did, the work, but nobody thought so far ahead as it could be really, you know, worth something and to, to archive and go back to. So I assume that was the, the prevailing thought at the time. Sure. You know, it, it seems like it was just yesterday, but it really was, you know, a couple, three decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. Computers were not the same thing that they are now. Storage was an issue, you know, they, it, 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 and it costs money. Yeah, and, and they just thought of them as uh, bits and pieces of something they used uh, yeah. as opposed to artwork. And uh, think about it, for 50 years, animation had uh, a job quali- uh, qualification called cell washer. So you get hired just to, to wipe off the beautiful art, Disney art, Warner Brothers art, uh, this kind of art, and so that you can reuse the plastic. That's how little they valued artwork. It it was worth more as a washed piece of plastic than it was to keep. Now whose hearts are breaking, Julia? Oh, man, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Hold me. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the, uh, you know, in regards one more time to the cells, when we visited the Marvel offices uh, last year in New York City, they had hanging up on the walls various uh, cells from the animated series, and I believe. Oh, that makes me happy. I believe a uh, Juggernaut was one of the cells, and a Magneto. Uh huh. And just really cool to see. But it, you know, I'm like, I looked at, it, I'm like, I've never seen one of these out in the wild. I've never seen, you know, an X Men cell. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Because you've never been to the Savage Land, of course you never saw it. Never mind, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Well, that's, can you imagine how excited we were to go to Van Eaton Galleries? And they had six or seven boxes, so, you know, mm-hmm. three or four hundred of them in one place. What, I know, like, sometimes animation cells can have, like, a random weird pose. Like, one of my favorite ones that I've seen recently, again, as I'm trying to hunt down the cells, like, do, you know, just my first one. I want to, you know, get my very first one. And I'm looking, and I found one from the episode with Wolverine and Captain America, and it's him holding oh. a hoagie. And it's a hero holding a hero, and it's just such a bizarre cell. Have either of you guys seen, like, really weird cells from the show, and you're just like, the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where, where's that from? Or uh, Some of the cells that that uh, we found in people's boxes were, were, were partials, like, you know, somebody's elbow and somebody's knee going out of frame. But you have to paint those as well to make the animation work. Mm-hmm. See, now all I can think of is that episode of The Simpsons where Bart ends up uh, fraudulently getting a cell by, you know, forging Homer's signature. And it's literally uh, Scratchy the cat, or I think Scratchy's the cat, whichever one's the cat. And it's just his arm on a cell. And he spent $250 for it. There you go. So. (laughs) That's it right there. You got his cell, man. Anything else we need to know about this before we uh, wrap things up, you guys? Um... Other than 
it's 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 wonderful. It was a great experience. Yeah, and it's selling like hotcakes. There, they just we heard they just made the third printing. Wow! Congratulations. Now let oh, me ask too. You so you're welcome so much. How many do you know or reckon in the first printing, in the second printing? How many copies? Anything like that? Um, many. I don't know if we're supposed to share that. Okay. <laughs> but, or if we even know for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Just kind of out of our but, arena, but. thousands. Mm-hmm. So cabillions. <laughs> so get them all. They're hot. There you go. Yeah, but then how are they going to hold it? <laughs> well, they can look at it from afar, you know, use like one of those little sticks to, you know, just turn the pages. I like that idea. Ooh. No fuss, With no white muss. white gloves. Yeah. Like, uh, Shout out to Zombie right. Sailor Toys because he's the king of the white glove for, you know, holding toys and whatnot. Oh, okay. There you go. Right. Talk about contactless and no touch. Jeez. So now before we go, Eric, Julia... Thank you once again. When we did the episode with you guys last year, I believe I said immediately afterwards, I want to do this again. You guys are my favorite guests we've ever had. That honor still stands. So thank you once again. You guys are fantastic. This well, is so kind. If I could, um, we are available to be found on Twitter and now on Instagram and Facebook at X-Men TAS for X-Men the Animated Series. It's, please find it. It's us. Great stuff. Thank you so much for all your love and all those X words for this project and uh, keeping it going for those who grew up with it or are discovering it. Oh, well, thank you for having us. Thank you so very much. We so appreciate it. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eric Leewall. I'm Julia Leewall. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Obsessed with Marvel, the Eric and Julia Leewald edition. Well, maybe. Thanks, guys, for hanging around and uh, seeing how, what, much or little, or maybe we'll learn something from this book of 2,500 questions. But it's all multiple choice, so that might help. Eddie, if we did an episode and we had the band New Edition as our guests, would it be the New Edition edition? Yes. Okay, good. New Edition squared? Any squared? Maybe? No. Hanging tough. Okay, here we go. Question 2430. That's New Kids on the Block. Oh, sorry. I'll get I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Who was Jamie Jacobs? Choices are the Gollum of World War II, the superhero Fiery Mask, the second Phantom Rider, or the Black Marvel? Choice E, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, J- Jacobs' uh, child. Is Little it Jacobs? J- Jacobs, yes. Yeah. Who was Jamie Jacobs? Again, the Gollum of World War II, the superhero Fiery Mask, the second Phantom Rider or the Black Marvel? Uh, fiery Mask. I'd like that I'm one, too. You, we're all thinking B? Okay, I'm going along because I'm answering last. And B is? No, not correct. The answer, the second Phantom Rider. See, I, all along, I was thinking Arby's. You're, you know, with a name like Jamie Jacobs, it, it should have been a giveaway. It's another one of those names that have the first letter in both first and last names. Mm-hmm. Except for JJJ, and that's another... Ah, he's a criminal. The thief. Prosecuted. Strung up by his web. See, this is where I wish I knew how to do an Ed Asner impression because I'd do an Ed Asner version instead. Three. Okay. Here we go. Three, one, three is the number. Who was not a member of the Supremacists, a superhero team from Wakanda's Enemy? The Bob, na- the Bob nation- Backlund. Can I finish oh, reading that? Okay. 
This is going badly already. I didn't get to finish reading it. <laughs> Who is not a member of the supremacists, a superhero team from Wakanda's enemy, the nation of Azania? Are we talking about Captain Blaze, Hunger, with a Y instead of an E, White Wolf, or White Avenger? Who was not a member of this superhero team from Wakanda's enemy, the nation of Azania, called the Hunger. Supremacists? All right, Hunger. Hunger, that's a, yeah. It is around dinner time. I'm going to go with that one. Oh, as well. we're, but we're back to letter B. Here we go. No, it's not right again. And it's also letter C, White Wolf. <laughs> yeah, we're in you trouble. You should have known it was one of the whites. I, there you go. I don't know. I don't. All right, so let's go forward many pages. Two, four, five, eight. Almost at the end of the book here. Two, four, five, eight says... Hi. Who did not guest star in Marvel The Lost Generation set before the Fantastic Four... Fantastic Four's origin. Easy for you to say. Uh, who did not guest star in this? Icarus, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, or Thor? Eddie, it's pronounced Icarus. Oops. Icarus. Magneto. It's an Iron Maiden song. Flight of. Okay. Okay, who, who, did, who didn't? Who didn't guest star in Marvel The Lost Generation? Uh, Thor. Okay. Eric, taking the lead on this. Who was on C? C was Nick Fury, or I'm going with Nick Fury. Okay, Doctor Strange. I've been going Strange. C the whole time, and I've lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had two C's so far, so I'm kind of watch. Yeah. It's going to be B. So Mark Strong, my words. <laughs> uh huh. So what do you think? I don't. Not sure. I'm going to go with here. C. You're going to go with Nick Fury. Okay. Before the Fantastic Four's origin. Uh, let's go C. No. Come on, B. And the answer is A. Icarus. Ah. The I name said Amanda recount, but I've <laughs> done nothing except my rage. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're we're mm -hmm. consistently not doing good. Okay. Let's go for the fourth and final insult. 10.06. Who is Spider-Man? Oh. Choice A. 10.06 <laughs> is involved because in some cases it's a... Couple of paragraphs till we get to the question. So here we go, kids. In West Coast Avengers number forty-six from nineteen eighty-nine, writer-artist John Byrne introduced the Great Lakes Avengers, a team of superhero wannabes who operated in the Midwest. On discovering that he could not be killed, mutant Craig Hollis became the crime fighter Mister Immortal and placed a newspaper ad to recruit teammates. He soon recruited Big Bertha, Dinosaur, Doorman and Flatman, and they named themselves the Great Lakes Avengers. Hell yeah. <laughs> However, they had failed to ask the permission of the real Avengers. But when West Coast Avengers Hawkeye and Mockingbird investigated, they ended up becoming the newbies' mentors. The Great Lakes Avengers eventually had to change their name and have done so repeatedly over the years. They have also taken in new members, including Grasshopper and the infamous Squirrel Girl. Once they registered with the initiative, they became the Great Lakes Initiative, based in Wisconsin. The question, which name have the Great Lakes Avengers not used? Is it Lightning Rods, Great Lakes Champions, Great Lakes X-Men, or Great Lakes Defenders? I think it's Great Lakes X-Men. Great, Great Lakes X-Men. They wouldn't have the nerve. And we have so better got this one right. <laughs> okay, C, come on down. Oh, no, right. seriously. <laughs> it says Great Lakes Defenders that they've not used. Wait, they call themselves Great Lakes X-Men? I guess so. Oh, <laughs> it must have. 
Wow. Yeah. This book is in denial of everything we give it. <laughs> no, that's a river in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, excuse so me. Funny. Okay. Don't take us to the trivia nights. Yeah, really. Okay, time to bone up on our Great Lakes Avengers. Whew. We're out. Da na 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 na.